Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? Welcome to episode 16 of the Plant Witch Podcast. In this episode, we continue our series on deity and divinity. In my family's ancestral roots of Europe, our European cultures of antiquity saw grains and milk as being the embodiment of nurturing nourishment, and the feminine. This was also true in other parts of the world where the grain mother, the corn mother, were goddesses of life-giving nourishment throughout the world. Grains were the subsistence of agricultural societies. They grew easily and well They are just grasses after all, and the harvest was fairly predictable. Processing the grains was hard work, but produced a highly digestible form of protein and carbohydrates that had many vitamins and minerals. They were highly digestible if they were prepared properly, which we'll talk more about in a few minutes. As we needed more and more grains and more and more milk to feed more and more people, the preparation of these foods changed. The nurturing sustenance of these holy foods has turned into a poison for many people. We are out of relationship. We have broken the chain of reciprocity between the grain mother and the human. The grain mother would provide for us, and in reciprocity, we would tend the land with seasonal burnings, rotational grazing, land care and stewardship. We would also tend the grains to transform them into digestible food products. We would do that through fermentation, grinding, soaking, baking, souring. As we've moved out of relationship with the grains and with the milk, our bodies are no longer receiving this nourishment, but instead are receiving a poison. Instead of tending our cows with love and care and seeing them as symbols of the holy, our dairy cows are crammed into confined feeding operations. They're fed an unnatural diet. They're full of grief for the separation of their children. Often just a few yards away and they just, they cry for each other, the calves and the mothers. Their milk is heated and sterilized, the proteins changing shape through this process until our bodies don't even recognize them as food. 
instead of the enzyme-rich, vitamin-rich, healthy, fat, life force-filled milk, we receive a dead, unnatural product that our bodies cannot digest. Lactose intolerance, casein intolerance, gluten intolerance, soy intolerance. These are all symptoms of imbalance, symptoms of moving out of right relationship. And these symptoms are prevalent and growing in our modern societies. So what do we do now? A few years ago, I dreamed I was in an insane asylum. I was sitting on the floor listening to a performance. There was a couple and they were singing and playing guitars. They both wore many different hats on their heads, layered one on top of another. I couldn't tell if they were in the asylum as guests to entertain us or if they were patients too. I looked on the floor all around me and it was strewn with ripe wheat. The kernels still making their braid-like fruit on the stalks. I could smell the sweet scent of this grass, this grain, as it covered the floor. I picked some up in my hands like a bouquet and held it. As I held it, I felt the deep displacement of being in this asylum. I felt trapped, like I didn't know how to do the right thing to find the door to freedom, how to be let out of this institution. But holding that bouquet of grains, I knew that the mother was with me and would guide me on. This dream has come to symbolize for me our way of modern life. We are living artificial lives filled with artificial relationships, artificial entertainment, artificial food, We can't tell if we are free or prisoners. If we were free, I don't think we would know what to do with our freedom. Our minds are so imprisoned, fettered, distorted, and yet the mother never leaves us. She scatters her fruit at our feet. She fills our noses with her sweet scent. She offers her wisdom and her love and her body to us. How do we reciprocate? Traditional human societies took great care of the grains they harvested. The grains were stored whole until it was time to use them. Storing the grains in their whole form instead of ground as a flour preserves the essential fatty acids in the grains, prolonging their shelf life and preventing rancidity. When a food becomes rancid, when the oils become rancid, they are oxidized and they create inflammation in our bodies. When it was time to use the grains, they were carefully and ceremonially ground by hand. People would grind grains as a community, telling stories and singing songs imbuing the grains with their love and gratitude as they worked. They worked with the understanding that these grains would fill the bellies of their families and they were truly grateful. 
Once the grains were ground, they were usually soured. Grains are soured by adding a bit of dairy or some acidic substance, or what's less appealing to our modern tastes by being pre-chewed by the food preparers. They are then soaked in water and allowed to ferment. This fermented liquid is the staple food of many traditional people. The souring process unlocks the nutrients within the grains and removes the anti-nutrients like phytic acid. This process is also undertaken with beans, legumes, and starchy root vegetables. Cultured and soured grains and starchy roots are the basis of so many traditional foods, like sourdough bread cultures, OG in West African cuisine, poi in Hawaiian cooking, porridges and light beers all over the world. Dairy underwent a similar process. It was obtained from cows and other ruminant animals who were considered sacred. Their milk was so precious that in ancient Europe, farmers would drive their herds of cows and goats and sheep between two bonfires. They did this at Beltane in order to burn away any disease or evil influences and ensure a healthy supply of milk for the village. The cream of milk rises to the surface and is, was then skimmed off and churned into butter or whipped for desserts. The rest of the milk, filled with fat-soluble vitamins and enzymes, would be drunk raw. This raw milk was extremely beneficial to the intestines, the immune system, and was deeply nourishing. Raw milk was also fermented into cheese, sour cream, creme fraiche, kefir, yogurt, and more. This fermented milk had all the benefits of raw milk, plus more beneficial bacterial and fungal cultures, which work to pre-digest the lactose and casein in milk, making nutrients even more available for digestion as well as adding their own nutrients like B vitamins and enzymes to the mix. This can all be accomplished now in our modern diets by drinking raw milk kefir, eating aged raw cheeses, soaking our grains overnight like our oatmeal, creating sourdough cultures. There are many ways that we can come back into right relationship with the grains and the milk. The health of dairy herds in Europe was overseen by the she, the fey, the kalyak, and Brigid. In Egypt, Hasat was the cow mother who suckled life with her milk, and Isis was also the great milk mother. It was not only milk from ruminant animals that was seen as healing in ancient Egypt, but also the breast milk of the goddesses and their priestesses. Breast milk was considered a healing medicine in many cultures. The grains of Hellenistic Europe were overseen by Demeter and later Ceres, the root of our word cereal. In Mexico, by the Aztecs as Chicomacuatl. In Peru, among the Inca, as Saramama, 
in Egypt as Heket, perhaps connected to Hecate. In North America, among the Pueblo, as Iatiku. These goddesses of grain and milk are the nourishing mother goddesses, the light bringers, the fortifiers. Last week, we talked about Hecate, the dark mother, she who decomposes and reclaims and guides in the dark. The light mother aspect of the goddess requires the wisdom gained through our walk with the dark mother in order to live in respectful reciprocity. When we are out of balance and not tending to our relationship with the nourishing mother, the dark mother gathers us in her arms and teaches us the ways of decomposition, sickness, being lost, dying. In these lessons, we are tempered and we grow wise. We learn how to attend to relationships and stay in balance. We can attend to the grain mother, the nourishing mother, Heket, Isis, Breed, Demeter, by attending to the land. By creating relationships with our farmers, by joining a CSA, by helping to fund organizations that are practicing regenerative agriculture, by not buying dairy or meat for, from farms where animals are not treated as the sentient, holy beings that they are, by finding a raw milk dairy and supporting them, by connecting with our own maternal lines and doing the necessary healing of the mother wound that runs through our families. I have a feeling this will be another episode. We can bring bouquets of grains onto our altars, place bowls of raw milk and cream in the garden for the fae or nature spirits. This is a very old tradition in um, Europe and one that we practice here in our home. We can get into the habit of blessing our food before every meal and honoring the grain mother, the life-giving mother, in whatever form resonates with you. Another ancient and nearly universal practice in traditional cultures is to keep a portion of the harvest and a portion of each meal and give it back to the earth as an offering of gratitude to the life-giving mother. In my practice, I've worked most closely with breed or Bridget, mother goddess of the Celts. She is the land itself. Her green robe is the rolling hills of the island nation of Ireland. And now I see her here, these same kinds of green rolling hills. And I've learned that these Appalachian mountains where I live are the same mountains that move through Western Europe into the Scottish Highlands. They were all one once before the breaking apart of Pangaea. Breed is the blacksmith, the poet, the healer. She guards holy wells, herds, crops, the enchantments of the spoken word and the fires of transformation. Breed is an ancient goddess. When Ireland was Christianized, the Irish people could not leave Breed behind. 
her identity was amalgamated with a woman named Brigid, who was later canonized as a saint. Now there exists Saint Breed of Kildar, sanctioned by the Christian Church. Having been loved and raised and guided by the Dark Mother, learning to love and trust a nourishing mother was very difficult for me. I felt safer in the chaos and destruction of the Dark Mother. Learning to trust that the harvest would come. Learning to trust that my own hands were reliable to help birth the harvest. Learning to believe that the goddess wants abundance for me and wishes to bring me good health, good food, and pleasure. This was a difficult reality for me to accept, and yet the Dark Mother led me to this reality. She delivered me to the opening of the cave. Once my eyes adjusted to this new light, I became enamored with the beauty of it all. Now I'm learning to trust in breed, to rest in the greening and the flowering and the deliciousness of life. My trips to the other world to be with my dark mother are becoming shorter and less frequent. I'm learning to prepare my foods in a way that honors life. I've made relationships with farmers and with the land. I make frequent offerings to the spirits of nourishment of this place where we live. I can feel the balance of life returning to me. Although I'm certainly still in the asylum, I can definitely feel the magic all around me. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me, and it's time to come back to life.